0: Don't wait. Visit Sono Slash Save. Sono Slash Save. Sono Bello.com Slash Save.
1: WWW.X Radio.com. The X-Zone Radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the X-Zone Radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Ram Media Company, their advertisers, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or their employees.
2: Here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back to the x Everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network and our growing family of broadcast affiliates across Canada, the United States, Central America, the Caribbean, South America, the Pacific Rim, 20 Asian countries, and Europe. If you'd like to give us a call, our toll-free number is 1-877-528-8255. That's toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii at one 877 528 8255. My email address is xzone at talkstarradio.com. And our websites, xzoneradio.com and xzonetv.com, where you can watch, listen, and chat with the X-Zone Nation. I'd like to welcome all our affiliates who are now joining us on the Talkstar Radio Network. My producer is Miss Melanie at Master Control in Titusville, Florida. And our chat room moderator is Rob from Scarborough. Guys, nice working with you again. Exone Nation, this hour we are going to be speaking with Dr. Lynn Kitai. Now, uh, Dr. Lynn is an internationally acclaimed physician and health educator leading the cutting-edge era of early disease detection and prevention as chief clinical consultant at the world-renowned Arizona Heart Institute's Imaging Prevention Wellness Center in Phoenix, Arizona. Dr. Lynn received her Bachelor's of Science degree in secondary science education from Temple University in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Before her medical training, Dr. Lynn appeared in over 40 featured and starring roles in professional musical comedies, including *Alice in Wonderland* with Sherman Helmsley, *Oklahoma* with Gordon McRae, and *Guys and Dolls* starring Betty Grable. She also played the role of Florence Arizona in the 20th uh, century box office hit *Rising*—I'm sorry, *Raising Arizona*, starring Nicolas Cage, Holly Hunter, Francis McDormand, and John Goodman. Dr. Lynn has been called the woman pioneer of medical communications and TV guide after creating and producing innovative TV news health reports for NBC in Philadelphia in 1976. Now since that time, Dr. Lynn has dedicated over 25 years of global public awareness, wellness, and health education. She has appeared as the resident health reporter for NBC affiliates in Philadelphia and Phoenix and has been featured on USA Cable, Fox TV News, and MSNBC. Dr. Lynn's innovative and groundbreaking work has been featured in publications such as the Philadelphia Inquirer, TV Guide magazine, Runner magazine, Phoenix magazine, and the Physicians Management magazine. And she's also been recognized in the Who's Who of American Women and was chosen as Woman of the Year in Pennsylvania. Now we're going to get to the crux of tonight's interview with our good friend, Dr. Lynn. In in 1996, Dr. Lynn was the first witness to the phenomenon known as the Phoenix Lights. She's considered the key witness to the still unexplained mass UFO sighting that took place throughout Arizona on March 13, 1997. After seven years of investigative work, Dr. Lynn is coming forward for the first time with startling photographic evidence and personal antidotes relating to the Phoenix Lights and more. Dr. Lynn has discovered that we are not alone, and she's ready to make you a believer. When I come back in two minutes, Dr. Lynn Kitai is my special guest. We're talking about the Phoenix Lights, and if you'd like to give us a call, 1-877-528-8255. That's toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii at one 528 8255 my name is Rob McConnell, and this is the Exon on the Talkstar Radio Network. I'll be back in two minutes with Dr. Lynn Keetai talking about the Phoenix Lights right here on Talkstar. Dr. Lynn Keita is our very special guest. We're going to be talking about the Phoenix Lights tonight here on the X Zone. We're going to go back in time to March the thirteenth, nineteen ninety-seven. And Dr. Keita, how are you, Dr. Lynn? Welcome back.
4: Glad to, so glad to be a part of your show, and I really appreciate it. It's been a while, and talk about a long and winding road.
2: It sure has been. You <laughs> it's been know,
4: amazing but I... since so I think that's the last time we. Yep. We talked. I had just come forward in, in 04 after you mentioned seven years of anonymity. and uh, Really, my world has turned upside down since then. And well, we have a, a wonderful, uh, very popular book and a internationally award-winning documentary now.
2: And my hat is off to you, Dr. Kitai. And you know, Dr. Lynn, I said before you came on the air, uh, just before we went to the news, that I... I used to have my doubts about the Phoenix Lights. In fact, I, I thought it was a bunch of bunk. However, however, Wolf, what happened in Stevensville and the similarity—there's, mm-hmm. you know, I, all over the
4: world. I,
2: I'm meeting Crow. I'm meeting Crow here.
4: Well, I, I have to tell you, Rob, when I first came forward, and that was one of the reasons I did come forward because there was so much misinformation mm-hmm. and disinformation. Flying around for so many years, I had a 750-page journal. I don't know if you know that. I, no, I, didn't. I pushed my entire professional medical professional life aside for four years to try to find a logical source and meaning for what I witnessed and photographed. I knew nothing about this topic. My husband, who's also a physician, and I had, had a very close sighting two years before the mass sighting. Uh, those pictures, are, and I got pictures of it. Mm-hmm. Didn't even know who to show them to. They're up on the website, the PhoenixLights.net, uh, on the photo page. And I continued to take photographs. Um, Two months before the mass sighting, I caught the same phenomena in the same location, uh, head-on, uh, six pictures in a row, turning into a V, and actually it was so unnerving having not had an explanation for the excitingly close sighting, and I'm talking 100 yards from our home. Wow! In '95, uh, that I called around, found air traffic controllers at Sky Harbor International Airport. Mm-hmm. They saw the same thing at the same time and shared with me that it did not show up on radar. Uh, it was in Class B, restricted airspace, and when they picked up binoculars to look, and we're talking professional sky watchers here, um, they saw six points of light that seemed to be attached to something, but they couldn't quite see what it was attached to, which you would hear over and over again too much later during the mass sighting, um, and uh, continued to take photographs up until and including the mass sighting night. And, again, I had no interest or knowledge in this. It, it was just so extraordinary that as a scientist, Um, I felt compelled to document these things on film. Uh, I caught the three points of light like a giant triangle, and and for anybody out there who's not familiar with the Phoenix Lights event, um, what has been called the Phoenix Lights event, it actually was an event throughout the entire state of Arizona on March 13, 1997, when thousands of people were looking skyward purposely for a glimpse of the Hale-Bopp comet, which was very clear in the northwest sky, They also saw this mile to two mile wide formation of either lights that seemed to be attached to something, and some people saw a V-shape, boomerang shape, arrowhead shape, or they actually saw a craft uh, traverse right over their heads, about 30 miles an hour, totally silent. Some people did see it take off at a tremendous speed, incredible technology to be sure. And this was throughout the state for many, many hours. Now, what what became to be known as two separate events is the media uh, and, and whoever thought up that, that scenario because uh, actually this year, and I do go into it in the book, uh, if anybody reads the book, I ended up with a 750-page journal My goodness. Uh, of incredible data and compelling data, not just about the Phoenix Lights, but as you mentioned, this has been happening since human documentation began, and I, I found very similar Uh, sightings such as the Lubbock lights and uh, Hudson Valley lights in the U.K. and Belgium and and through the last few decades that um, just blew me away. I had no idea this was happening worldwide, and other countries were much more open to these things as being unearthly. But at any rate, um, here I finally, uh, because as you mentioned, I I've been an educator for 30 years of the reality of vital health issues, but when this fell in my lap, I really felt compelled to share the reality of this vital issue, and I squeezed that 750 pages down to 220 and, uh, and then decided to come forward in 2004. Um, as far as the mass sighting goes, um, you know, we're talking over 10,000 people at least uh, witnessed this these phenomena, and it's still affecting people to today. Really? I mean, there's so much to talk about.
2: How, how is it affecting people, Doctor?
4: Well, actually, uh, it's, it's very interesting when you look at the real-time transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, one, of, one of the things um, I found in, in my inquiry, uh, just to, to step forward a little bit and then I'll, I'll come okay. back to that, um, is that a number of witnesses shared with me that they had had near-death experiences as children that was reawakened by Whoa. the Phoenix Lights event. And I found that really curious because I did too. And I go into it in depth in the, in the book, which is a fascinating story in and it of itself that I didn't want to share. And I kept it you know, very close inside for, for decades. But um, the point was that really got to me because I thought, geez, could there be a connection between all unexplained phenomena, be it near-death experience, yes. out-of-body experience, unexplained aerial phenomena, mm-hmm that has a mystical light associated with the experience. And lo and behold, uh, when I started looking again, I mean, I really did a meticulous investigation of all this, and I found um, studies, very, very scientific studies being done at university level, the Omega Project, the University of Connecticut by Dr. Kenneth Ring, and a number of others that really found a very substantial connection, not only in the experience, but what, what really got to me was the after effect, the positive transformation that took place um, within an individual. I, I called all unexplained phenomena up because it's such a, a positive thing, an enlightenment an awakening um, that we're not alone in the universe, that we're connected to the universe and to the earth and to each other so much more intimately than we'd ever imagined. But going back to the mass sighting itself, mm-hmm. in real time this was happening too. Because about six months before the mass sighting, uh, the movie Independence Day had come out. Yes, and one of the things we talk about in the in the documentary, which is which is the reality of it. I mean we've been so ingrained by Hollywood and by uh, just just the media that uh, all this is frightening and scary and a threat. Well, I have to tell you, it's twelve years on Friday. There has not been one report, not one of threat, harm, or abduction associated with the, pho- with the Phoenix Lights. And that's very telling in and of itself. But anyway, as this thing, this giant, some people said it was bigger than one mile, almost two miles, um, was coming towards many of the, of the youth, they got really scared initially and, and started jumping up and down Independence Day, Independence Day. Oh, but as it got closer, mm-hmm. not only children, but adults as well, had a calmness take over them a connection to the phenomena. Oh, yes. And if you ask witnesses over and over again, in fact, they they will tell you, families will tell you that we're together, that the kids that were initially scared because of Independence Day, as it got closer and and was going right over them, they wanted to run after it and get in the car and and follow it. Um, The transformation in real time was just so profound. And certainly since that time, it has really come full circle here. I mean, it, you know, many places, and, and Phoenix really is a model um, for, for, for elsewhere because the media themselves uh, initially, of course, some of them were ridiculing and snickering and, and very skeptical, as I was. I mean, I, my book is called The Phoenix Life of Skeptics' Discovery, that we are not alone. Um, you know, they, they would make fun of it, have really come full circle. They, that is not happening anymore. And that was one of the reasons, as I said at the top, that, that I had to come forward because there was so much more information that needed to be told. And the, the official explanation and accepted explanation in 2004 when I first came forward was that it was merely uh, military illumination flares. Yeah. And as we know, and and now, I have to tell you, Rob, it's such a, a good time that we talk because um, we are now just revealing for the 12th anniversary, 12 years, of investigative work, um, Michael Tanner, one of the chief investigators, Bill Hamilton, Francis Barwood, Councilwoman Francis yeah. Barwood, um, the uh, MUFON, as well as the UFO Re- Reporting Center, are all joining forces to um, really compile what, what really happened here um, 12 years ago throughout the state for many hours. It really was a parade. Um, there were about a dozen things that were happening throughout the state, and we're getting it together. It's on. We have just a little sampling of it on on our website homepage, uh, the It's a, it's called a geospatial uh, animation, which is really going to show in real like, with with uh, Google Earth how the different uh, formations, the different crafts that went throughout the state. And we're just starting to get that on the anyplace uh, network. Uh, well,
2: you network certainly, right you certainly have teamed up with some of the best in the business, uh, Peter Davenport at the National UFO Reporting Center, and of course the good people at MUFON. Mhm. Uh, Bill Hamilton. Uh, so you.
4: Well, you can't do this alone. No, and you can't. And, You no. know, it really—I've said that right along. It takes a team effort to yeah. really make this uh, this happen, and and everybody is just real. It's, it's such a collaboration, and it's it's really. So rewarding to see everybody contributing and, and getting something together that that has been needed for 12 years and, and we're finally doing it. We're finally sitting down and now that we have the technology with Google Earth, um, we're, we're really getting it together to, to show people uh, what truly happened here 12 years ago.
2: Is there a connection between the Phoenix Lights and the Stephenville setting?
4: Uh, very good point. I have to say from the get-go, uh, very similar. In fact, I just did a presentation Uh, at the UFO International Congress uh, a couple weekends ago in in Laughlin, Nevada. Um, People from all over the world, including from Texas, and uh, part of my presentation was showing the similarities between the Phoenix Lights and and other sightings. Uh, And someone had actually taken a picture that that I found uh, of three orbs, um, which was very prevalent in uh, the Phoenix Lights sighting. Not only were there crafts, but there were also or and I call them an orb because the light does not extend outside the edge it, it, it's like a ball of energy like a pulsating uh, swirling ball of energy um, that, that people were seeing throughout the state actually some people saw these orbs detach from the main object and then uh, go out in the environment and then redock with it um, there, like I said, there's so much to this story All right, Dr. Lynn you
2: and I have to take a commercial break we'll be right back Dr. Lynn Kitai is our very special guest www.thephoenixlights.net. That's www.thephoenixlights.net. Dr. Keetai and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as the Exxon continues live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada.
1: You're listening to Rob McConnell in the X-Zone on the Talk Star Radio Network. Visit us online at www.xzoneradio.com.
4: My name is Michael Kalsar, Canada's leading mentalist from Toronto, Ontario. Hi, my name is
1: Florida and you're listening to my dad, Rob McConnell, on the external...
4: This is Psychic Dorothy from St. Catharines, and you're listening to Rob McConnell...
1: I've left that girl so many
2: times before. Dr. Lynn Ketai is our very special guest. We're talking about the Phoenix Lights, that massive sighting that happened over the city of Phoenix, as well as throughout the state of Arizona on March the 13th, 1997. And Dr. Ketai, welcome back. Great having you with us. And Dr. Ketai's website is www.thephoenixlights.net. What do you, What was it that people were watching? Was it a ship from another planet? Was it an interdimensional ship? What, What, to the best of your knowledge, were those thousands of people actually witnessing, Doctor?
4: Good question, Rob. Uh, you know, I don't know what it is, but I know that it is, and it's time we get this topic out in the open. We address it, we accept it, and study it so yeah. we can move forward, not only in our own evolution, but find out who's behind this, who's driving it. Um, You know, I have to say, when when my husband and I had a closed lighting to our home, and we live mountainside in Paradise Valley, uh, we have a panoramic view of the city skyline, and one one wall of our bedroom is a a window. Um, So we're very familiar with what planes look like and helicopters and streetlights and car lights and flares, for that matter, which we see periodically. Um, And these were so different. And when, you know, just to describe it for you, um, if I can. Sure, uh, please do. It's so so different than anything you can imagine I mean these when we my husband actually called me to the to the bedroom window and and we watched mm-hmm. a little below us actually hovering three amber orbs in a pyramid formation one well, was on top and too closely aligned underneath about 50 75 feet uh, over a private gated property and it was just astonishing. Um, we were mesmerized. The light was very different than any light i would ever seen. Uh, it was a uniform amber color throughout. Each orb was really an oval shape on its side. Uh, I tried to take everything in mentally because mm-hmm. it was just so unusual. And I know if I didn't get a picture of it, I, no one was going to believe this. And they, they, there was no glare at all. They were very, very soothing and, and mesmerizing. And as I went to grab the camera, my husband calls me back. He says, get over here quick. One of them is disappearing. And as we watched, the top orb, without budging, it didn't budge from the other two closely aligned underneath, started to dim as if on a dimmer switch. Mm-hmm. And, and I have to say again, I have no knowledge or interest in this topic, but we, have two, two, uh, we had two young boys at the time. Now they're men. Um, and we did watch Star Trek. And I, I was familiar with the Romulan cloaking device. yes. So I really intently, i was the only thing that came into my mind was, this thing is cloaking. And it didn't, it didn't move at all. It didn't waver or go off. It just started to dim, but felt as if it was still there, even though we didn't see it anymore. And when I went out on the balcony to shoot the two lower orbs, which is one of the pictures that I have um, on the website, it felt that there was something intelligent watching me. And I have to say that. It took me a long time to share that, but um, there was an eerie, eerie silence at this time It stopped. And, and going through my mind was, who are you? What are you? Do you know that I'm here? I'd love to meet you. Uh, it was very exciting to me. And the next thing I remember, the left bottom orb started to dissipate, and I quickly shot a picture of that. That was the last picture that I took.
1: Is and that's it also
4: on the website. And, and that picture really confirmed to me. I mean, I caught this thing... Disappearing—that um, something real did happen. But I, again, I didn't even know who to show it to. But I, I wondered for two years what this advanced technology was doing in a private gated community, um, and also it felt interdimensional.
2: Is—is is it possible, uh, Doctor lynn that you were being communicated with?
4: Uh, there was something going on, sir. Yeah. Sure, and I—and I have to say that you know—and—and and again, I hope people can pick up the the book because. You know, when you look, when you look at the different, connect the dots, I guess, and and I really try to be as skeptical as I can, a healthy skeptic with all of it. But um, there were too many coincidences. I mean, the the fact that that I did have a near-death experience, and um, and I happened to to uh, in that experience uh, see three beings above the earth uh, in glowing white robes, which is very characteristic of a yes. near-death experience, and. Um, and it was a very, very profound experience as a child. Uh, and and then to have the three orbs outside our, our window, and it just, you know, I don't know. Is there a connection? I, even my, my, um, my talk is called uh, Phoenix in the New Light, Coincidence of Connection, because there continued to be uh, many coincidences, particularly after the mass sighting, um, that you have to just stand back and say, whoa, is this coincidence? What, or, what kind
2: of coincidence is uh, Dr. Lynn?
4: Um. Well. Uh, oh man. <laughs> that many? <laughs> uh. There. Well. Uh, besides the fact that the people that I would meet and, and circumstances that would just come before me that were just too amazing. I mean, just for one. Okay. okay. Um. A few weeks before um, the mass sighting, when I had been taking pictures uh, again for for the two months before. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I have to say, the video doesn't do it justice for anybody that looks at the video. They're much smaller, and they flicker, and they're white in, vi- in the video. In real life, they're huge amber balls that I was looking at. Um, and, uh, I, I, again, I didn't know anybody. but this is how close I was to the, to the topic. A friend of a friend had a neighbor who had a friend who knew the past president of MUFON, mm-hmm. Mutual UFO Network, which I had never heard of before. But I gave him a call and I said, look, um, you know, I had this picture from 95 um, that I'd love someone of credence to take a, a look at. And I was seeing these orbs, which he had not heard about, but there were people actually that took photographs and, and footage of the orbs for days before the mass saving, like I was. Right. And uh, he hooked me up with a field investigator for the following Wednesday. The, the field investigator calls me on Tuesday to say that he can't meet on Wednesday because the then state director of Fund wanted to be there and his mom had passed that Saturday and the funeral was Wednesday morning. When else could we meet? And the only window of opportunity I had for another two, three weeks was Friday morning the 14th at 10 o'clock. Well, little did I know that the night before was the mass sighting. Yeah. And I walk in with video in hand from the mass sighting that very morning after the mass sighting. And he says to me, Um, you know, did you see the mass sighting last night? And I had no idea what he was talking about. And and he says, well, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of people saw this massive craft and lights all over the state, and NBC was going to come to interview him in a few minutes. Well, I had done health reporting in the early 80s for NBC, and I didn't know what we were dealing with. Was it a hoax? Was it military? Whatever. Um, But I wanted to help, and I said, look, I'm out of (laughs) here. It's not about me. It's about the data to take a copy of the, of the video and please share it with them. And it just so happened that my video ended up on every news station. Uh, a couple of other wonderful videos uh, came forward that evening as well, and, and it really sent me on a journey, boy, I'll tell you, of, of serendipity uh, after that. We could go on for hours, do you um, think, but, but there were a lot of coincidences that happened. Do you think, uh, that, people, my travels.
2: Do you think that people were actually chosen to see this?
4: Um, you know what, I say everyone was chosen to be here on Earth, and it's what we choose uh, to do with our life that, that uh, will determine our destiny. And, you know, I could have just as easily have blown it off. My husband didn't want anything to do with it. He was too busy with his own, um, you know, his own things. But for whatever reason, um, I just felt compelled to, re- to find out what was going on. And, uh, you know, it ended up that I, I really did a meticulous, Research went down to the University of Arizona Optical Science Department, Conscious Study Department, ASU, Arizona State University, geology, mathematics, anthropology, and astronomy departments, as well as uh, the Brooks Institute of Photography, renowned in, in uh, uh, Santa Barbara, and optical scientists all over the world. And no one, no one could give me an answer as to what my data was. Um, if anything, they were just fascinated. Um, Plus, no one ever, you know, I kept being told, had taken those 35-millimeter, which, by the way, is the best way to analyze these things, uh, and footage, video, from the same vantage point prior to, during, and after an historic mass sighting. What do you do with that? I mean, I really didn't want to come forward, Rob. I wanted to stay anonymous, but um, it it got to the point where I had to do a lot of soul searching. And as an educator, how could I, in good conscience, not, not share uh, what I had accumulated? And I'm not trying to convince anyone. Um, I'm just sharing the data, yeah. and people can decide for themselves. But uh, there was so much compelling and important uh, information, if, if you look at it. So um, since I came forward, I haven't looked back. In fact, you mentioned I, was, I went back to work as a chief clinical consultant of the Wellness and Imaging Center at the Arizona Heart Institute, and uh, had to leave the job, which I love, to, to finish the documentary, and I haven't stopped
2: since. Uh, Dr. Lynn, we hear so many stories of victimizing alien abductions, but you believe that these beings only mean to befriend us and, and ultimately to help us. How can we learn from the contact that uh, we have already made with them?
4: Uh, you know what, Rob? you know, there's, there's good and bad in everything, and sure. I can't say that there is, is only good and or there is only bad. Um, all I can say is in 12 years we haven't had one report of threat, harm, or abduction yeah. associated with the Phoenix Lights. Uh, and, and obviously something, uh, wherever whoever they're from, whether it's spirit world or interdimensional, interstellar, time travelers, whatever, um, are, are trying to not only wake us up to their presence, and it's not just here, it's worldwide. Um, but they're also giving us a, a really important message for those who listen, um, and that's the, to wake up to what we're doing to ourselves and to the planet before it's too late. And, and that's something that uh, happens with all unexplained phenomena. Um, people that experience uh, near-death experience come back with that same message. Yeah. And when you really look at the at data, again, it speaks for itself. I, I had no idea that there were, and this is another coincidence, Six months before the mass sighting, I had been invited to present my substance abuse uh, program. I have a substance abuse and, and uh, uh, teen pregnancy and AIDS uh, prevention education. My
2: Lord, you're busy I
4: have a company that oh I started in, uh, in '85 that have been distributing these worldwide disco- discovery education or dis- distributing them now. But at any rate, um, that's why I have also so obliged to do this for, for this topic as well, but anyway, I was invited to share uh, the substance abuse program at the Heel River Indian Reservation School. There's one schoolhouse, uh, and it's in between South Mountain and the Estrella Mountain Range. Now, most of my pictures are right where they, the two mountain ranges intersect, mm-hmm. and Estrella means star in Spanish. Well, a little did I know until after the mass sighting when I went to them and, and they really don't talk to outsiders, but I had befriended them because I had, I had uh, taught their school, and uh, and I, I said, "Did anybody see the Phoenix Lights?" My, my pictures seem to indicate that they're showing up in, in that area. Right. And they started to giggle, and I said, "Is that funny?" And they said, "Are you kidding? We've been looking up at them for centuries. We call them light beings, sky oh people. My gosh. It's part of their culture. They believe that they're spirit world coming to give them knowledge. They invite them and." They're not frightened of them. It's been happening for centuries. Um, I had no idea.
2: And we're just catching on.
4: Yeah, you got it. You got it. This is something that uh, has been around since human documentation started. I mean, there, there are passages in the, in the Bible that describe uh, things that now we could, we could say are, are definitely um, you know UFOs and, and, and orbs and so forth.
2: For those people who want to invite these beings into their life, is there a special way that they can do that?
4: Actually, that's another good question, Rob. Um, Because if you are open to it, if you open your mind and your heart uh, to the possibilities and and just learn about it, Mm -hmm. you don't have to have an unexplained phenomena experience, an up, I call them, um, experience to, to have this positive transformation, to be able to communicate... Um, all you need to do is open your heart and your mind and, and learn about it. And, and uh, you know, it is a leap of faith. Um, and it, it's just like, look, it took 17 centuries for human beings to realize with the advent of the microscope that there are zillions of microorganisms all around us, even mm-hmm. in our bodies. Yep. And just in, in recent decades, we've discovered there's electromagnetic energy around every living cell. Well, just because we can't see these living organisms, or electromagnetic, electromagnetic energies or radio waves or whatever, it doesn't mean it's not real. We just don't have the technology yet to definitively define what these things are, but it doesn't mean they're not real. We may just be looking on the AM dial for an FM frequency.
2: As we humans do only too often. Dr. Ketai please stand by. You and I have to take our final break for this hour. Exonation. Dr. Lynn Ketai is our very special guest. Her website is www thephoenixlights.net that's www.thephoenixlights.net still to come on tonight's show I'm going to be speaking to Zach Barkhouse in the next hour we're going to be talking to him about you ready for this? dead pet stories all this and more as the exome continues on the other side of this commercial break right here live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada
1: by the time I get to Phoenix she'll be rising she'll find the note I left hanging.
4: we all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's
3: breakfast but the rest of us sleep in this is your sign to thank them and if you're that friend
2: Dr. Lynn Keita is our very special guest this hour. Her website is www.thephoenixlights.net. That's www.thephoenixlights.net. We're talking about the mass sighting throughout the state of Arizona going back to March the 13th, 1997. And first of all, Dr. Lynn, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Congratulations on your new book and that marvelous documentary that you put together.
4: thank you so much in fact uh, the book uh, published by uh, Hampton Rose and the documentary is now distributed by Vanguard Cinema worldwide Uh, really have a life of their own we were talking about curriculum and transformation Um, two of the people in the documentary Dr. Rebecca Hardcastle who is a PhD in in divinity and uh, Terry Mansfield who is a a first hand witness of the craft right above her head uh, when she was with a group of hospice workers and she's also the She's the CEO of the uh, Arizona Department of Peace Campaign. She's a stellar example of the positive transformation. We have now joined forces at Phoenix Lights 3, uh, not only to help raise awareness and to to educate others on on these phenomena, but we are uh, diligently working on a curriculum. Uh, That's that's the next step for me, um, is a curriculum to to get right in the classroom from middle school through uh, university level um, there is nothing that, that actually was one of the reasons I, I did the documentary. I was invited to uh, Speak at a school after the book came out and i had done a Barnes and Noble presentation mm-hmm. Some parents had, had seen me and invited me to a middle school over 200 Students in, a, in an auditorium you could hear a pin drop. They were they were on the edge of their seats They thirsted for this knowledge, and I realized that there's really a chunk of, mis- of history missing That's right. from our history books There is nothing in the history books about this topic at all. So we are now working with uh, superintendents and principals and uh, and teachers to, to really get a comprehensive uh, curriculum into the classroom um, as soon as we can.
2: Why do you think this topic has been tabooed o- throughout history?
4: Uh, boy, that's another good question. I, I think that, as we mentioned, I mean, indigenous societies and other countries are much more open to exactly. these things. Yeah. Uh, being unearthly, Belgium came to the United States in the early 90s when they were having their similar sightings and asked are you doing this and uh, and, and their sightings were very unique in that the military and the uh, civilian and universities joined forces to try to discover and, and study these things um, I think other countries are, are now also coming forward in record numbers uh, France and Belgium and uh, Mexico and Brazil and Denmark just a couple months ago um, and UK with, with thousands of UFO files. Uh, so I think that's changing I think that um, because so many people are seeing these things they are unexplainable uh, they there. now we have the technology with cell phones and so forth to document and it's not just a story anymore that can be blown off um, you know it really has to it, it's really gotten into the mainstream more and more that uh, that something is happening uh, in our skies and, and certainly many people are waking up to the to the fact that uh, we may not be alone in this universe.
2: Dr. Kitai, thank you very much for joining us, and I look forward to the next time when you and I meet here in the X-Zone.
4: I certainly do, too. Thank you so much. Good night, Doctor. Good night.
2: Dr. Lynn Kitai, www.thephoenixlights.net. That's www.thephoenixlights.net. When I come back from the news at the top of the hour, at six and a half minutes past, we'll be joined by... Zach Barkhouse, we're going to be talking about dead pet stories right here on the X Zone. After all, this is truly a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. We're coming to you live from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada on Talkstar.
3: We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in.